You're listening to Rambling with Ryu, hosted by Bean, the co-founder of Ryu Paralysis Recovery Center living with a T10 spinal cord injury, and Nancy, a professional kinesiologist specializing in pediatric and adult neurorehabilitation. Welcome to our activity-based therapy series, where we talk to leading clinicians, researchers, and those with lived experience as we explore the realm of neurorecovery. On this podcast, we educate on the lesser-known topics and give practical tips and tricks to help elevate your practice. This week, we're going to be talking about setbacks and how setbacks can affect your recovery journey and how they can make us successful. So today, it'll be Nancy and I having a conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, so I'm going to take the perspective of the trainer or the specialist and being obviously has a personal story that goes with this setback journey. So yeah, why don't we get started? Cool. So I guess, Nancy, why don't I just start by asking you, what is a setback? Yeah, so there's a few different definitions, but basically it means there's an interruption in progress or a reversal in that progress. So you might regress in your skills that you've gained or strength or whatever it be. So athletes are a big analogy we like to use for setbacks. So an athlete gets an injury, that's a physical setback that now they've lost a whole bunch of muscle, they've lost a whole bunch of skill, they've lost that coordination, and now they have to try and get it back, right? So the setback is losing your progress or that interruption of progress. And that can be a few different things as well. So we just kind of briefly touched on that physical element, but there's a few other sides to it. Bean, do you want to talk about a different type of setback? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely been a lot of setbacks in my journey of neuro recovery over the last nine and a half years. And they can be physical, emotional, mental, financial, spiritual, really in all realms that we exist, we can experience setbacks. And I think some of these setbacks can sometimes really have a negative effect on your mental health and maybe even the way you view yourself and the value that you place upon your own life. I know that those are the things that I thought of any time that I experienced a setback. And I mean, setbacks are something that are continually going to keep happening in the journey of recovery or whatever journey you're on in life, because that's just a big part of life is the setbacks and how we come back from that. So it sounds like there's a lot of overlap between the different types of setbacks out there. So did one kind of spur any of the other setbacks? Did it kind of snowball? Like did it stack physical and emotional and mental for you? Or was there a different kind of layering of the setbacks in your case? Uh, Yeah, definitely they were layered. Well, thinking back now, it for sure started with like a physical setback, right? So, I mean, as you know, you were my trainer for many, many years, right? And we'd experience progress and we'd experience gains and everything would be so inspiring and so motivating to keep going. And then something would happen. Let's say a DVT that landed me in the ICU for 10 days, mm-hmm. right? So for those and- who don't know, that's a deep vein thrombosis. That's so a big blood clot. And you had it in your femoral vein. Is that correct? Yeah, in my left groin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. I was in the hospital for a long time. And the setbacks that occurred were not just with my physical neuro recovery, but with my bladder. I had to have a catheter put into my bladder again. And I really didn't want that because it took me years to retrain my bladder. And knowing that I'd have a catheter, I'd have to work 
back at retraining that. So that setback itself was a physical one to start. And then the emotional one on top of that, knowing that I would have a setback in my bladder recovery (laughs) or function, I guess. And so that one for sure was layered. And then when you're in the hospital for that long and you have all those things happening to you, it really makes you think about life and think about the emotional side of things and the spiritual side of things as well, right? Like you just kind of, I'm going to say lose hope in your recovery, but having that support system around me is what really brought me back. And, you know, in that set physical setback of having that blood clot, a big change happened after I was released from the hospital and after I had recovered a bit at home. My left leg started bending on its own. And that's something that I had struggled with up until then. And Nancy, you had to manually bend my leg and step it through every single time we walked. Mm-hmm. And after my blood clot, I was able to bend my leg on my own. And you gave me a certificate. I don't know if you remember that, but I still have it. And it made me really happy that you made that certificate for me because that was such a big milestone moment. Huh, yeah, I don't remember that, but I'm sure I did. Yeah. So, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more it sounds like it's not even the different types of setbacks are layered. They're all together. It's not even like you can separate them. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, as think of ourselves as humans, right? We can't really separate our physical being from our emotional being, from our mental state to our spiritual self. Like we're literally all rolled into one, right? So I think the setbacks, it's normal that it would affect each of those layers as well. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I can say the one outlier would be maybe financial. And I think that just goes to what is necessarily the trigger for the setback. I think the trigger itself is usually something external, not necessarily something internal. Would you agree with that? You mean for the financial situation? Um, Just in terms of a setback. So like external, so an injury happens. That's not something that you necessarily did to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say, I will the DVD to happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. So in in terms of a setback, it's not something we go out and seek actively to happen to us, typically. Yeah, this is true. I feel like that's just adversity, right? Most people don't want to attract adversity or setbacks to our lives, but sometimes we inadvertently do with just the words we're saying and what we're putting out into the universe. But I don't think most people intentionally try to set themselves backwards. It happens to us, and then we have to learn how to work through it and move forward so we can continue on that journey. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to almost maybe reframe setbacks. Like what's another phrase we could use or something that's synonymous with setbacks, but then isn't setback. You know what I mean? Because we're almost saying we're giving us permission to stay backwards. Yeah. Well, like when I talk about my journey of recovery with people, I Tell them to picture like a graph and that line on that graph is continually going upwards. But if you were to zoom in on that line, it's going to be going up and down, up and down, up and down while still going upwards. So those down marks are those are the setbacks. Right. And I think most people experience that in most aspects of life unless you live a perfect life. And if that's the case, I'm very jealous of you, but most people don't. (laughs) And so having that like back and forth, to me, that's the visualization I get of when I talk about setbacks. 
Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, it's basically just a learning opportunity in your journey. There's some teaching moment and at that point in time to take you to the next level. So I guess that's the next kind of thing we want to talk about is how do you deal with setbacks? So I know you mentioned your support system, but how else did you kind of navigate through that uh, time in your life? I think having the right tools in your tool belt to face any kind of adversity or setback is critical. And those tools you can gain sometimes just by accident in life. Personally, I've been seeing a psychologist for nine and a half years, and she's helped me so much with providing me the tools that I need to face the emotions and the adversity and trauma that has happened in my life and that will be coming right? I'm not manifesting. I'm not trying to attract it, but adversity comes after us all, (laughs) right, on this planet. And so if you have the tools such as taking care of your mental health, so having a mental health practice in your life. For myself, I have a gratitude practice that I practice every day. I say three things I'm grateful for. I listen to positive affirmations. I meditate. I read. I journal. And I don't do all of these things every day, but I definitely do something every day because that helps me really stay strong mentally and know that anything that comes at me is there to teach me a lesson and I will get through it. And once I get through it, that's another tool in my toolbox that I can use for myself and for other people when they're going through their setbacks. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I think you're really just highlighting how important self-care is, right? If you aren't taking care of yourself, how can you help those around you, right? You can't because you have to fill up your tank first before you can share it with everybody else around you. Yeah, 100%. If you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to, really. Yeah, and I mean, from a trainer perspective, there's a few things we can do to deal with a setback, right? I mean, we can externally help with that motivation. We can give a little bit of guidance. We can pump you up. But really, at the end of the day, like Bean says, you have to be there to start that fire and light it first because we can't light it for you, right? To get that passion back, to get that excitement back. But then, like Bean says, surrounding yourself with the core people that are going to help you light that fire is really important, right? So surrounding yourself with a team that's going to be in your corner, advocate for you, and really help you get to beyond where you were before. And that's the exciting part about a setback is, well, yeah, you were there, but now you're going to surpass where you were before. You're going to keep going. So that's just from the trainer aspect. I mean, there's a a couple other things you wouldn't necessarily think of from a setback standpoint. So if you're starting to regress, lose progress, that can just simply be overtraining as well. You've been pushing so hard for so long that you need to take a break. I know Bean and I talked about this, I think, in an earlier episode, but Bean, do you want to touch on that overtraining a little bit? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, as you said, athletes, right? I think athletes is a great example of this where you overtrain. And for myself, I tore my hamstring and my adductor in both of my legs at different times from overworking and overstretching. And when those kinds of setbacks happen, I mean, it's really hard to deal with because you know you did it to yourself. And for me, I mean, you have to take ownership of what you have done, right? And so it was, okay, now this happened. Yes, I did it to myself. And now I have to put in the effort to like, rehab my muscles even though they're paralyzed as best I can to get back to where I was and then move forward from that 
But along with that is that part of taking ownership is really difficult. It's really hard to look at yourself in the mirror and to say, hey, like you did this to yourself. There's nobody else to blame, no doctor to blame, no nurse to blame, no physio to blame, no trainer to blame. This is you, right? But when you have those difficult conversations with yourself, it's actually kind of freeing because, okay, if I did this to myself, then I can fix it too. It works both ways. It's not just always the negative stuff. You have to look at, find that silver lining and recognize that just because you did this doesn't mean you can't fix it. For sure. And I mean, then we can slip into a little bit more of that overtraining side of things. I mean, one comment I remember you saying to me was, I gave you permission to take a break. So do you want to talk a little bit about that where you pushed so hard for, well, almost what, three years, four years? Yeah, it was a long time. And yeah, because my mindset at that point was that working out with you, like doing my activity-based training was non-negotiable. I had to do it every single day, two to four hours every day, no matter what. And it got to that point where one day you said to me, you said, I don't feel like you're in this anymore. I feel like you're just going through the motions. And I agreed because I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm, my heart's not really a hundred percent in it and I'm doing it because I have to. And then when you said, well, why don't we just take a break? I mean, that never really even came into my brain as an option because like I said, this was non-negotiable. I have to do this. And when you said to take a break, I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) I can take a break from this. I don't have to do it every single day. And yeah, you did give me permission to take a break and refocus on something else, which at that time was Ryu, and then come back at it. And so, yeah, you definitely did give me permission because I just felt like I had no choice. Like I had to continue working out every single day. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to you can empty your tank physically and you can empty your tank emotionally and mentally, right? So that was the flip side of we emptied our tank physically. We had and emotionally and mentally, but we had to rebuild the emotional and mental to rebuild the physical. So there's so many different areas in which you have to look at yourself holistically, really, in all those different areas to rebuild yourself to get out of that setback, right? So working harder isn't necessarily going to get you out of that setback or that regression, right? Just attacking the emotional and mental might not also get you out of it as well. So you have to look at all the different components and areas and really surround yourself with a team that's going to help you get out of that as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's important that people do let themselves take a break. You know, even if you look at athletes and high achievers like Tony Robbins and Darren Hardy and like those guys up there who are performing at very high levels, like they have to take breaks too. And they have to go back and recharge their battery and whatever else they need to do in order to keep going. And so if they need breaks, then I think it's safe to say that like all of us civilians need breaks too. And it's okay to need that break and it's okay to take that break. Yeah, I 100% agree, right? You have to take care of yourself. And if you think about the way most of our work life is geared, we have breaks, we have natural breaks. You don't work seven days a week, right? In school, you don't go to school all year round, right? As a student, as a child, even as a university student, right? So there's all these natural breaks built into our society and into our life. I know I'm just speaking in terms of the Western culture. I mean, I know there's a lot of variation worldwide, but within North America, we have these natural breaks set within our schedules so we can recharge, right? It's been since the beginning of time, we need a rest day. If you don't have a rest day, you're going to burn out. 
Yeah, agreed. We also in North America have that attitude of rush, 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 work, 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 work. Right. And I mean, you know, when I worked at the hospital, it was every time you phoned in sick, you were made to feel guilty. And, you know, people were like proud of how many sick hours they had banked. And looking back now, I just think like, why were we so proud that, hey, I have a thousand hours banked. I never used any of my sick time. I didn't call in sick even when I was sick. And I think a lot of people can resonate with this mindset pre-COVID, especially that it's just go, go, go. The harder we work, the more benefits we will receive. But I, we need to really, I think, learn from Europe <laughs> and take a chill pill and, you know, really work on your mindset that it's okay that you're not burning yourself out. We really need to change that normalcy of that burnout is normal. It's not, and it's not healthy at all. That's where you're going to get injured. That's where you could have a breakdown uh, physically, financially, emotionally, uh, spiritually, right? Like you said a few times, self-care is so important and that looks very different to a lot of people. But in order to stop that breakdown from happening, we have to allow ourselves to take breaks without guilt and without shame. Yeah. I mean, so now we're saying we're dealing with setbacks. So you've kind of described how you've dealt with setbacks. So how can somebody come alongside someone who is experiencing a current setback in their recovery and better support them? That is an excellent question, Nancy. I think first, having that group of people around you or one person, your support system, somebody where you feel safe being able to share your true emotions and feelings. And I know for a lot of people that is us at Reu, and we are proud to be able to provide that support to people. But being able to first even recognize that, hey, I'm experiencing a setback right now. And I'll just speak for myself as a person with a disability. When I first experienced, well, you know, a few of the big setbacks that I've had, it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it. And it's not like I had my setback and then the next day I was like, yeah, I'm going to get over this. This is awesome. Setbacks are awesome, <laughs> right? It wasn't like that at all. You have to go through all of the roller coaster of emotions and then you come out of it like, okay, this didn't happen to me. It happened for me. What did I learn? What was I supposed to learn out of this setback? And a couple of ways you can actually break all this down is by journaling and just free writing, right? Just keeping your pen on the paper. And even if you start out writing, I'm not sure what to write. I'm just going to keep writing until something comes out of my brain onto this piece of paper. And as you free write, then once you let go of the judgment of what you're writing, your true emotions are going to come out. And it's not like anybody else needs to see this or read this you know, it's, it's just for you, but then you can go through it and kind of pick out the emotions with that and really see what your setback was. And then once you can see that setback for what it actually is, then you can start to really move forward from that. And I, I guess it kind of depends on what that setback is as how you would move forward through it. But I think a really big important part to this is just knowing that you can get through anything. We can. And the limiting beliefs we put on ourselves are really, really thick. And so if we just try to take those layers off and just remind ourselves that, hey, I got here. I've had my spinal cord injury for nine and a half years and I'm still here and I'm still healthy and I'm still alive and I'm still trying. And that's the best you can do. 
I love that. I mean, another important thing to consider is the goal might change, right? You have a setback. Your original goal might have been one thing, but your goal can shift and change and your purpose in life can get altered in just one instant. And I think as many of our clients and people who have a neurologic condition can relate, right? In one instant, your life has changed, but that doesn't mean it's changed in a bad way. It's all about perspective. You can put a positive spin on it and have that more optimistic outlook, and which I think so many people see in a lot of our bigger figureheads in the disability community or disability icons, so to speak. But that positive attitude, that I think is one of the biggest things that people are drawn to and really navigate towards as well. Yep, for sure. And that positive attitude a lot of the times doesn't come naturally to everybody, but it is within everyone. And like we've been saying throughout this whole episode is that self-care portion, right? If you don't take care of yourself in all aspects, it's really hard to find that positive mindset. And it's not to say that you're positive all the time and that everything is sunshine and rainbows because it's not. We can't feel positivity without negativity, right? That movie Inside Out, (laughs) very accurate with emotions. We can't feel joy without sadness. And so it's embracing all of that and knowing inside yourself, even when your voice inside your head tells you you can't, You have to tell your voice inside, hey, yes, I can. And this is how I'm going to do it. And you need to find whatever works for you, whether that is, like I said before, what I do for my mental health routine. It could be something as simple as playing with your dog, right? Or your pet or your child or doing something that is fun for you. Some doing something that's fun for you or something that brings you joy can automatically put you in a positive mindset. And so having a, a short list of things that you do that bring joy to you is an easy way to find that positive mindset, even when you're in the most negative mindset that you could possibly be in. When you have that list that's already prepared for you, you can just be like, okay, I'm just going to go play with my dog for a little while, or I'm going to go bake some cookies or I don't know, whatever people do for fun. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no, I love that. Uh, That's a lot of great ideas, I think, out there. Another thing you can do is, so when you get that setback, I say change the packaging. So we're right in the Christmas season, you wrap a present, and the packaging can look nice and pretty, or it can look dusty, oldy, tattered, ripped. You can change the packaging, and not necessarily changing the circumstance right in that moment, but by changing your attitude, by shifting your perspective, you can change how it's all wrapped up together. A hundred percent. And a big part of that is mindset, (laughs) right? Uh, did, Did this happen to me or did it happen for me? Am I projecting myself as the victim here or am I actually the hero in this story, right? With whatever, uh, adversity you're facing. And sometimes it's okay to get stuck in that victim mentality because we're all human beings and we can't always be positive all the time. But it's important that you don't get stuck in there forever. You're allowed to have a pity party. You're allowed to feel all the negative feelings, you know, because I'd rather have you feel them than have you try to numb them or uh, dismiss them because they're going to stay buried within you until you recognize them, feel them and let them come out. But yeah, having that mindset and knowing, like you said, that setbacks 
aren't always a negative thing. And like you said, you can change the packaging of it of, okay, this happened to me. I have this here in front of me. So now I'm going to turn it around so I can see the backside of it. And I'm going to find whatever is in there that I'm supposed to learn. I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, it totally did. And I mean, my final few thoughts are just keep pushing and adjusting. So from a trainer perspective, you got to change something. If the first thing didn't work and you ended up regressing, you have to change something. You have to progress into maybe new techniques or different things or take that break, right? So you have to change something and then focus on what you can control, right? If you can't control necessarily the diagnosis or whatever it be, the injury, you can't control those things, but focus on what you can control, right? The lifestyle habits, the gratitude journaling that you were talking about. So that mindset shift, right? All those things that you can control is really what's going to give you the power to progress out. So then it kind of brings us to being, how do we make success out of this setback? How do we get to the success portion? That's a loaded question. And I think that's going to be very different for each person with each scenario that they're in. But success, I mean, that also has a different definition for each person. But I think the way to get there is Again, working on yourself, knowing yourself, and then making the decisions in your life that are going to help move you further forward. Now, this is a conversation I've had a number of times with a bunch of our clients over the last couple of months about it being hard. One of our clients said, well, you know, it's so hard. It's so easy for me just to grab a chocolate bar or a bag of chips to eat if I'm hungry, but it's hard for me if I like have to go and make a snack. And then I just, you know, said to her, well, everything is hard, right? Eating that chips and that chocolate bar, sure, eating it was easy, but dealing with the guilt and then dealing with the inflammation and dealing with the weight that comes by eating these kinds of snacks that are quote unquote easy, that's hard, right? Making healthy treats, that's hard too. So you have to choose your hard and, you know, living that positive mindset uh, lifestyle where you are doing the self-care, where you're doing your morning routine and you're reading and you're journaling and you're working out and you're drinking your water. All of that is hard. But on the flip side of that, being sick, being sad, being depressed, uh, not having a lot of self-worth, not having a good self-image, being overweight, all of those things are very hard as well. And so if you're looking for the easy way out, I'm sorry to say there is no easy way out of any of these situations. Everything is hard. And you have to find things, like I said before, that resonate with you, that bring joy out of your internal being, because then it's not going to be hard anymore. And once you start setting a routine and you get up and you say, hey, this is non-negotiable. I have to do my gratitudes every day. I have to read. I have to do my stretches. I have to do my workouts or my breathing, respiratory strength training, whatever it is you're doing. When you think of it in a positive way of like, I get to do this, right? I get to be able to do this to make my life better. Then things will just become easy. But just recognize that nothing is going to start easy and everything is going to be hard in life. It's not meant to be easy or fair. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, but it was a very valuable one, which is why I share that with almost everybody I talk to. Very well said. Yeah. I mean, 
like you say, life is is hard, right? Anything worthwhile is going to take effort to achieve and to get to. And going back to that, what is success? I know you say it can mean different things to different people, but at the core of it, it's accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. So when I go back to when I said, you know, your goal can shift and change, right? So your success, you define it. And I think that's the beauty of it is you can come out of that setback and be successful in the way that you are driving your journey. And I think that comes back to as well, that you are the owner of your own journey, right? So you have the choice, like Bina said so many times throughout this episode, but you have the choice to get up and to make the decisions to be successful throughout this setback. A hundred percent. All these choices are up to us. And even though things happen to us, we have to remember that it's there for a reason. It happened for a reason. And when you find that, then you'll be able to move forward from that setback. Setbacks are going to constantly happen. This is part of life, but I know that within you, you have that strength to find it and turn that setback into a step forward. And I know Bean probably touched on a little bit of a touchy subject there. Everything happens for a reason. I know that's a subject that a lot of people don't like to hear, but I mean, both Bean and I believe that is true. Like we wouldn't be where we are today had our journeys not intersected, had Bean not been paralyzed. And I mean, we've taken a situation that seemingly is negative and made it into something very positive. I think many of our clients would suggest and say, (laughs) but yeah. So, I mean, that's a personal philosophy you don't have to agree with it but we believe that everything does happen for a reason you might not understand it at the time but down the road it will make sense yeah for sure i didn't realize why i was paralyzed until four years after being paralyzed so like it takes time and sometimes it takes longer than that so having that patience and then also being open to searching for that answer because sometimes we don't want to know why these things have happened to us. There's a lot of darkness around that as well that you have to dig through to get to that light. And uh, just speaking from my own personal experiences, it has not been easy at all. But yeah, Nancy, you're right. Everything has happened for a reason. And we have turned a lot of tragedies into triumphs. And if you're listening to this podcast and you need some assistance or you want some support on your journey of finding your light in the darkness, reach out to us. And we're more than happy to talk to you and provide you with any of the advice that we've been given to. Awesome. And on that note, we are coming to the end of our podcast. So thanks so much, Bean, for sharing more about your story and the setbacks that you've experienced. Sounds good. Have a good one. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. As always, we would greatly appreciate if you could subscribe, leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, as this helps us increase our reach. And stay tuned for another episode coming at you in two weeks.